all fully aware that there are a lot of content creators and influencers out there now. The market has only become more saturated with time, so it's more important than ever to make sure that you're finding a way to stand out. So how can you as a creator set yourself apart from everyone else out there? One of the most obvious ways, well, within your content visuals. When someone comes to your page, before they read anything, chances are they're going to see what's on your page. Even after they've started to read things, typically it's the visuals that are causing them to click on a specific photo or video. That being said, the visual content that you create and share on your page is one great way to be unique within a sea of talented creators. I'm Kristen Busquette and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and I've brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're here with Olivia Dixon, a photographer and content creator. When I thought about doing an episode on photography and high quality content, Olivia was the first person that I thought of. She's a self-taught photographer and creator who gets her inspiration from music, poetry, and travel. After you check out her page, you'll understand just how much her visuals set her apart. Today, we're diving into how to create the best content possible for both yourself and the brands that you're working with. How can you have a cohesive brand within your visuals? And what are the best tips for creating the best visuals possible? We're giving you the scoop on all things creating captivating social media content. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 49 of Social Scoop Podcast. This is Kristen, and I'm so, so excited that you're here as always. We have a few things to dive into in terms of news, and then I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Olivia is someone who is just such a great content creator that every time she posts, I just love seeing everything that she shares. So I was really excited to have this conversation with her, and I'm really excited for you to check out her page too. So let's dive into the news first. First of all, Instagram is exploring new options for sharing posts. So when you click that share button, typically you would see add post story and then it shares like a bunch of other people you can share it with. So you're still going to see that add post to story. There's also possibly going to be the option to add to a board. And this is basically what it says is you create together in a shared space. So this almost reminds me of kind of like a shared Pinterest board kind of thing. I'm not sure where these boards are going to live by any means. That's something that still seems to be up in the air. But I think it's a really cool idea that you would kind of be able to contribute to almost again, this Pinterest like board that you share with other people. Then there will also be the option to see people's profiles that you can hit that send button so that you can send it to them. But with that send option, it's also going to offer you a few other options there. So schedule the message. So if you wanted to schedule the message for a specific time or day, there's also the option to send silently, which I'm assuming is where they just wouldn't notify them when they get sent this message or whatever. And then there's also the option to send while active. So you can send it to that person while they're actually active on Instagram, which I think is really great if it's something that you know, like you need this person to see. However, as a creator who maybe is going to get sent these messages while active, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to read it or respond to it right then. I feel like for me personally, I need to be like mentally prepared to go into my DMs and especially like to answer DMs. So I don't know that this is going to guarantee anyone really seeing it or responding to it, but it's better than sending it when they're off of their phone and who knows when they may actually be back on their phone to actually see it. So a few new options that they are testing right now, none of them are actually live, but keep an eye out because who knows, these might be with us anytime soon. Also, Instagram expands where ads are seen. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but Instagram themselves actually just confirmed all of this. So in the show notes, if you check down in the description, there is a link in the show notes to the business.instagram.com website where they actually outline what this will all look like. But I'm going to read you a few important things that I think you should know. So they said, quote, We're introducing more places for people to discover brands and products in Explore and Profile. More quotes. 
So the Explore Home, the grid that people see when they first arrive on the Explore tab, will now feature ads to reach people in the earliest stages of discovering new content they care about. So ads on the Explore page. Also, we are beginning to test ads in profile feed for non-teen public profiles, which is the feed experience that people can scroll through after visiting another account's profile and tapping on a post. I am trying to follow this. I am, and I still like can't understand what exactly they mean by this. So they can scroll through these ads after visiting another account's profile and tapping on a post. So does that mean that like if I keep if I tap on someone else's post and I keep scrolling now I'm going to see ads versus just seeing their photos? That's kind of what I'm getting from it. Again, like I don't love this because it does take away from, you know, if I'm on someone's page and I'm wanting to scroll through their content, I'm looking to just scroll through their content. Like I don't really want to be served ads here and it also could take people to, you know, the profiles that the ads are for and take away from the creator, which in my opinion, goes against the whole like, we're all for creators and we're trying to do everything for creators. Like you're literally taking people away from the creator's profiles. So not really sure, not really sure. But here's a possible pro to this possible con. As part of this test, we will experiment with a monetization opportunity that will allow eligible creators to earn extra income from ads displayed in their profile feeds, beginning with select U.S. creators. So from what I understand in my research, this will be like a toggle on and off option. So if you wanted to toggle it on and then have the option to, you know, start experimenting with this option for monetization, Basically, when someone goes onto your profile and they see ads when they're scrolling through, you know, when they click on the photo, scroll through your content, they see an ad, you click on that ad and you go, you know, to that person's page, whatever you start exploring. When they click on those ads or, you know, however they're getting served revenue there, I'm assuming the creator gets maybe some percentage of that or some like, you know, pay per click kind of thing. I'm not exactly sure what kind of monetization opportunity this is, but that's kind of where my brain is going with all of this. When I first heard this, I thought that they were going to be putting ads like in my squares in that part of my feed. And I was like, you know, that's an absolute no for me. But I still don't know if this is something that I would do because if someone comes to my page and they want to click on one of my posts and then scroll through, I don't really want them to be served any opportunity to leave my page. I want them to continue to scroll through my content. Yes, I might be making money if they click on other things, but first of all, it's taking them away from my content. And second of all, how much money are they really going to be offering here? I mean, we've all seen with the Reels bonuses how little they're offering. It's pennies, 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 pennies. Like, it's not anything that's really worth it, in my opinion. So I don't know how different this will be. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. But that's just where my head is at this point. But who knows? Who knows? Lastly, and I like this one, Instagram is testing the ability to reply to question stickers with photos and videos. So when you post a question sticker in your story, people would be able to reply to that question sticker, not only with text now, but with photo or video as well. And as the person who posted the question sticker, you can look at all of those responses. You can tap on one of the responses that someone shared with you, and you can actually share that in the story, even if it's a photo or a video. So like if I said, all right, everyone, you know, send me your cutest dog pictures, and I send that in a question sticker, anyone who sends me their dog pictures in this question box, I can actually click on their responses and share their dog pictures to my story as a response. So again, I can see a lot of really cool opportunity for this. Um, I I like it. I like it. I have no complaints like for once in life. (laughs) If you are a creator listening to this podcast right now and you are not part of our private membership community, you have to get in it. I actually just made some serious improvements in the last two weeks 
to our membership. I am always trying to find ways to improve. But one thing that I heard from creators over and over again is that they're having a hard time finding great opportunities for brand collaborations, to work with brands. And so basically, we started a job board of sorts where you can browse through different opportunities. We're uploading probably four to seven each week where you can go on there, find these different opportunities, apply for them. And then you can spend so much less time actually finding these opportunities. Like I'm finding the good ones for you and presenting them to you right in our private membership community. So make sure you join us there. You also get a free one-on-one intro call when you enroll in the membership, because I like to be able to sit down with you and get to know every single person in the membership one-on-one. I want to know what your struggles are and what you're having trouble with so that I can help guide you in the right direction and give you some great resources. So if you're a creator who's looking to start working with brands more successfully, turn this into a business. I have everything that you need in the membership as well as access to me whenever you need it. So I will see you guys there. Without further ado, let's get into my chat with Olivia. All right, guys, I'm so excited for today's episode with Olivia, who is an amazing creator. She's also a photographer. And today she's giving us all of the tea on photography, video, all of the good things about the aesthetics of your social media profiles, which I personally still care about. I know some people do not. (laughs) So Olivia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Yeah, I am super excited to have you. I feel like we have been following each other for a while and I've always loved your content and everything. So as soon as I thought about doing an episode about like content or visuals, you were the first person I thought of. So I'm so excited to learn from you today too. Oh, well, thank you so much. That is so flattering because I see your page as so valuable. So I'm very honored. Thanks. Thank you. I love it. So for anyone who maybe hasn't seen your profile yet, give us the rundown on who you are, how you got here, and what you do now. I am a creator and a photographer. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I got started. Actually, I went to college for music, and uh, Nashville is just very artsy, and I had never been subjected to that before, so I just kind of made friends with photographers. I think it was kind of when Instagram was not like I think bloggers were just getting started. You know, it was a new thing. Yeah. So we just like would take fun pictures and post them. And it was really easy to grow back then. So we just kind of got our following there. Yeah. Yeah. Very different now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's so different now. (laughs) I was just having a conversation with a few people over one of my posts yesterday. just did horribly. And I like was ranting about it. And I was like, I just can't believe how different things have been. Even just in the last couple of years, I feel like things have changed so much. And I'm almost like, are people, this is totally off topic, but I have to say, (laughs) are people like on the cusp of being like over Instagram? Are we there? Like, yeah, I feel like it's any day people are going to be like, all right, we're jumping ship. It makes me so nervous. Instagram is no longer a thing. I know. Like, what if it becomes the new Facebook? Oh, <laughs> like, where that. people just don't. don't. Say that. No, but I feel like <laughs> you're probably not wrong. You're probably not wrong. I mean, it's so crazy, too, from, from you to, like, being so into photography that's got to like feel weird that now everything is video. Cause I know like for me as well, like I was a photographer before I was a creator. So I'm, I love photography. Like I love sharing images and I don't mind video, but it's just not, it's not the same. You know what I mean? And, and it sucks Mm -hmm. that I feel like I have to post so much video and that like my photos are kind of like a waste of time almost sometimes. So yeah, I'm sure you feel the same. (laughs) Oh, definitely. It's almost like I just have to post the photos for me because they make me happy. And I'm like, well, even if people don't really see this, like, I'm just excited to put my work out there and, yeah. you know, be proud of it. That literally has to be the mindset or else you'd like drive yourself yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And feel very discouraged, which oh, yeah. is not good. Exactly, exactly. So with most of your content, I'm super curious, do you at this point, do you use like a DSLR camera for most of your stuff? Or are you almost transitioning to like using your phone for stuff too? What is like your split between the two? I use my DSLR camera for almost all of my feed photos. For videos, I do it on my iPhone. I'll post 
iPhone pictures like here and there, like that are more in the moment that I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, I, I think I'll post that. That's really cute. Yeah. But like things that are planned out and curated are all on my camera. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I always struggle with this whole like casual Instagram thing where it's oh, yeah. like, you know, the iPhone pictures and no one puts any edits on them or anything. And, and again, like as a photographer, I'm just like, I can't do that. It doesn't feel right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I I can't relate to the whole casual thing. I try. And Me either. I've like wondered if I should go that route but I'm like no it's not me that's not what I want to do well I mean that's like a huge thing in general I feel like with Instagram is there's so many things that come along that we're like oh well this is like working really well for everyone else like maybe I should try it but then it's just so like off brand for you and I feel the same way about myself too like Mm -hmm. if I post an iPhone photo it just doesn't feel like the right quality for me like it doesn't feel good enough for what I'm used to posting. And I almost feel like sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it hurts me more than it helps me. You know, like I I want to be in with the trends and everything. But at the same time, like my audience, first of all, expects like a certain quality from me at this point. But then also, I don't want brands to come to my page and be like, oh, like, are we going to get an iPhone photo from her? Or are we going to get like a really nice professional photo from her? Like, I feel like that's a huge thing for me with working with brands too. I didn't even think about that, but as a brand, I definitely right? would think that. Yeah, but wow, that's very true. That encourages <laughs> me even more to not <laughs> Yeah, don't stray away from from what you do best, you know. And like you said, like it makes you happy to do. So, mm-hmm. I yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, also, you obviously like. I mean, from following you, you work with a lot of great brands and everything. Do you also work on like a lot of UGC content as well? Because again, as a photographer, as a creator, you have this skill that not everyone does have. So like, do you do you see yourself doing that kind of stuff too? I definitely like to do UGC work. I don't do it very much, to be honest. Like sometimes if I'm working with a brand, like on a campaign, they'll like add that in. Yeah. But I rarely do work just just UGC. And it's funny you ask because I just accepted one today that's only UGC and I hardly ever do that. Okay. But as like in my photography business, I do a lot of like product photography. I shoot boutiques. So like, right. I guess in a sense that's similar, but a different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like its own category. Yeah. It's not from a creator standpoint. It's more just photography, but yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I I feel like with people who are used to creating like this high quality, ad worthy content, UGC is such a great option because, you know, like instead of them hiring photographers, they're almost getting a photographer and like a social media strategist at the same time because uh, having been used social media for so long, obviously we have a better understanding than just any old photographer on like what's going to perform well and everything. So it's a great mm-hmm. route to go down, but sometimes it's tough to land deals that are just UGC. Yeah. And I've had, personally, I have a hard time. I'm like not very good at um like pitching myself, I will say. <laughs> uh, that's like definitely not my strong point. So When I did a lot of UGC work, I think that it was pretty low paying and it, I just wasn't getting what I was worth, you know, so I just kind of strayed away from it. Um, But I would love to do more of it. Yeah, UGC is pretty crazy with pricing. Just from what I've seen, obviously, like on TikTok, UGC has completely blown up. Like everyone is talking about it. Everyone is starting to do it. And it's crazy to see how much some people are charging for stuff that I see like on TikTok because it's too low. It really (laughs) is. But it makes it so hard for like other creators who do know that they should be charging more and like know that to create a whole video or to create a bunch of photos, like $150 or $200 just isn't enough, especially Mm -hmm. after taxes and all of that kind of stuff. But like with so many creators doing it for that low of rates, it's it's hard to like talk brands into being like, no, I'm actually worth this much. Yeah. Because other people are doing it for so much lower. That's like one of the biggest struggles I feel like with pricing. 
Yeah, because then they'll be like, oh, we'll just go over to Sally yeah. Sue, who charges yeah. $100. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, sometimes their content's really not bad either. That's kind of the worst part. Yeah. Yeah, we need to do like a PSA it's, that's, on TikTok. No one charged lower than this amount. I mean, seriously. Well, I just actually did a post. I actually was in some tea this last week about, <laughs> it was a hot mess. Over, I had a, an agency that reached out to me for content. They offered me $215 for, it was like a real, a feed post and a story or something. $215. Oh. Mm. And I was yeah, like, that's rough. are you kidding me? And I was, I was oh, just yeah. raging over it. And I was like, I don't care. I'm making a video. So I made a video where I showed the offer. And um, basically, I broke down the cost of like, okay, if you take this $215 and you take out taxes and then you take out expenses, like you're not even making minimum wage, you know? So mm-hmm. they actually ended up like having a conversation with me, like reaching out to to ask if I would have a conversation. They told me the rate was a mistake, but wow. I'll, I'll never really know, I guess. But it Did was just a crazy situation. Yeah, they saw the video. Yeah, oh, it was it goodness. was an agency that I've worked with in the past, but it's an agency that sends me like every rate that they send me is always just way too low. And every single mm-hmm. time I message them back and I'm like, guys, no, like I already have told you my rates are a lot higher than this. And you know, like I can't do it for that rate. And so yeah, we like had a hopefully productive conversation. But you know, it, to break down the cost of everything again, with like UGC rates, especially $215, or you know, $150 for photos, like you are literally not even making minimum wage most of the time. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> what did they it say really at the end of your conversation where they just like we'll do better or yes and no I don't know like it kind of felt like I was able to express my frustrations and like explain to them why it was a problem but I didn't really get that there was going to be like any real solution I guess um so Mm -hmm. I don't know like maybe maybe it will help maybe it won't but I'm I was like at least I'm doing my part in trying to like explain why creators should be paid what they should be paid. I had someone comment on the video and it was some guy with hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok. And he was like, send them my way. I'll do it for $215. And I'm like, you're literally (laughs) the problem. You are the problem. (laughs) Wow. I hate that. (laughs) It was an interesting week to say the least. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay. I want to talk about feeds in general, like on Instagram, Mm -hmm. even on TikTok, I guess. Um, How I was saying before, like, I really still do value like a cohesive feed. Like, I love the idea of like going to my feed and it just looks really nice. Because I know for me, as someone who's a user on Instagram, like I see a feed that looks really nice. I'm like, ooh, I'm interested. You know, like for me, that doesn't. Yes. So, like, do you still feel like the cohesive feed is kind of, like, the way to go? Um, For me, I will probably always keep a cohesive feed because yeah. Instagram is kind of my way of expressing my creativity. And, like, it's like art to me right? through photography. And so yeah. if I'm not keeping a cohesive feed, it's kind of like I've lost my point. Like, I almost feel like I would be... Personally, I feel like I would be a sellout just because that's not why I started my Instagram. My Instagram was started to be creative. And one of my ways of being creative is like having a curated, colorful feed. But also, I have so many friends that are so successful and their feed is not (laughs) cohesive at all. They're very casual, like photo dumps, you know, like just no editing. Exactly. And I'm like, wow, that's I mean, I'm so happy you're successful, but it's not for me. Yeah, I think, again, it kind of goes back to, like, what kind of creator are you, you know, like, and again, Mm -hmm. I always think about it in the perspective of, like, how our brand's viewing me. I mean, for those creators who are doing things like photo dumps and all of that, like, maybe they have a different selling point than a creator Mm -hmm. like you or I would, you know, like, a lot of brands are probably hiring us. Yes, because we have this following and this audience, but also a lot of them want to use our content. A lot of them want to you know, take it and and make ads out of it because it's high quality work versus, you know, like a lot of photo dumps or iPhone photos or whatever, like they may have more sales than than I would feel confident being able to make, you know, so I think it depends on what kind of creator you are. Yes, I completely agree with that. I love to create more for like, 
posting and brand awareness yes. and brand use rather than sales. Like I don't, I don't do like to know it. Same, yeah. Like I don't push commissionable link just because I think my following follows me more for creative inspo and learning about photography and like how you can utilize the right. different spaces. It's not about like, oh, I love this sweater. Now I will get like people every once in a while being like, please link this. And yeah. I mean, I don't even like link it on reward style. It's more just like, yeah, here's the link. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm literally the same exact way. And again, it, it really does come back to like, what does your audience like come to you for? Like, what is your strong suit? And I know for me, like mm-hmm. content is definitely way stronger of a skill for me or like creating versus sales. Cause like, mm-hmm. I don't always feel a hundred percent confident that like, if I, you know, if, if it was like a fashion brand, like I don't necessarily feel like I'm going to be able to make them thousands of dollars in sales, but like, if it's a brand that maybe again, is like geared towards creators or it's like, you know, a light a company for like your photography or whatever. Like, yes, that's something I might feel comfortable with. And that's, I think, where mm-hmm. too, like it's important when you are working with brands to like find brands that you you feel like your audience really is going to like find valuable and actually be interested in versus just like working with anyone that comes your way. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yeah, definitely. So I'm curious when working with a brand, so like when you do find these brands that are a really good fit for you and you're excited to work with them, how do you incorporate the brand style into the content that you're creating? Because I know for you, like you have this very like pink, like, I don't know, like soft romantic kind of vibe to your page. And obviously like maybe a brand that you're working with the product or service may be perfect for you and your audience, but maybe like their, their visuals are are different than yours. So like, mm-hmm. how do you take products or services and like incorporate them into your content visually in a way that like makes you happy, but also makes the brands happy? This is very interesting. For example, I had a bolo, you know, those like Western bolo necklaces. Yes. Yeah, Have yeah, you yeah. seen those? They're kind of old timey. Right. So I had a company reach out to me and um, they make like these beautiful bolos and they're so high quality. And I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Let's work together. Yeah. I actually have a trip to Dallas coming up. And so what I did is I went to Fort Worth. I don't know if you've ever been to Fort Worth, but it's like, no, it's very Western, like the most country, like okay desert vibe that you can get. And I hope that I'm yeah. describing it well, because I only went for one day, but I, I ate it up. I loved it so much. I took my bolo. I made it like completely what they were wanting, but it was also like the style that I like as well, like a little bit of a country Western vibe. Yeah. And it wasn't pink. It wasn't like feminine necessarily. It was a really good mix of like what their vibe was and what my vibe is. Like I, I incorporated a little pink, like I had a flowery hat on. Yeah. And it, it kind of meshed the two. It complement it helped us complement each other's brands. Do you usually before a shoot, would you go like onto their Instagram or onto their website to kind of like see I guess get like a feel for the kind of content they might be looking for? Definitely. I definitely do. And I look at coloring too because I feel like that's so important. Like if they're right, if they have like a really dark edgy aesthetic, I'm like, "Mm, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm not the one for you. Right. Yeah. And I also have changed my editing a little bit. Like if there's a brand that has a very specific vision, Mm -hmm. like it's something more for uh, like a reel or something, I'm happy to edit it a little closer to them. Right. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And actually speaking of reels, obviously, you know, like the presets that you're putting on a photo typically is not like the same thing maybe you're putting on a video. Mm -hmm. So are you still team like, let me put this beautiful cover photo that matches my feed. And then the video might just look a little bit more, I guess, like casual, like it's, it is straight film from an iPhone. Yeah, either I'll put a beautiful cover photo on it. And I just ha- learned how to do the thing in Canva to where it doesn't crop it weird, which is so nice. Do you do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not like all zoomed in weird once you post it as the cover yeah. photo. But yeah, I'll either do like a really pretty picture or if I don't have a cover photo for it, 
um, I'll just let it live on my feed if, for a few days and then I'll t- <laughs> just let it live on the real feed because it's not staying on my page. If it's I literally, <laughs> I know this feeling so like too well, too well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And my reels are, I would say most of my reels are pretty, um, like the coloring's very casual, more natural, right. l- less edited looking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And I mean, I think too, like, with the transition from like photos to reels, even if your reels aren't the exact same kind of coloring that your photos are, I feel like even with like your surroundings, I mean, like, obviously, like I can see you right now, like your, your background, you have like the same kind of vibe as what you have on your page, you know what I mean? So I feel like it's, this is like something long ago that I used to do where I would this is crazy I feel like I sound like a psycho I would only (laughs) wear like warm tones for photos Uh and like everything I would buy in my in my house would be like warm tones and stuff because I only wanted like warm tones on my Instagram but like sometimes I feel like you do have to kind of curate the background of videos or like maybe curate what you're wearing to kind of like contribute to that overall vibe if you aren't going to be putting again like the same exact preset on them like your surroundings are important too absolutely I am guilty of this to this day I still just buy a ton of pink a ton of creams and whites and light neutrals and that's most of my closet I do have like a few I am wearing black today which I do not wear black (laughs) but it has fringe on it so it's still on brand for you yeah (laughs) 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 I love it yeah no I think that's it's so important I also think of like my friend Alyssa do you know Alyssa Maybach yes I don't know I was gonna say you have but I follow you have to know her yeah so (laughs) she's the same way like she's all about like earth tones neutrals and I would feel shocked if she like ever came out in something that was like super bright everyone would be like is she okay yeah that's the same way like I feel like if I were to come on and post like a super dark picture again like dark and edgy people would be like what's going on yeah because you've you've been able to like brand yourself into like it's not like you're putting on a front because again you're living it like it's your life Mm -hmm. I can see your house like yeah but you know what I mean like you've you've curated what you want how you want to be portrayed basically and like the life you want to live and and what you want it to look like and in that branding I think is so important for a creator to be able to find that and like find what you love and what works for you because again when a brand comes to your page they're like we know exactly what her content's going to look like that she gets us we know it's going to be like pink warm earth tones Mm -hmm. or like neutrals you know what I mean like they know it's going to maybe have like a little western touch to it but it makes it so much easier for a brand to hire you because they have more confidence in what it's going to look like you know yes absolutely actually this week I was shooting for a boutique and I was being photographer for the day. And there's a model who I recently met. We've worked together a lot and she, we followed each other on Instagram, like maybe a month ago. And she's like, how did you like get your vibe? Like the way that you are, you know? And I was like, yeah, it's a good question. I I was like, I don't know how to answer it. I was like flattered. It was like a positive question, but I was just like, I don't know. Like it's just like me. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just happened overnight. And she was like, she's like, well, that's really cool because that means it's like probably like the real you, like it's natural. It's not forced. And I was like, well, thank you so much. Like that is so kind. I loved it. It made me feel good. Yeah. It's like, you've kind of curated your life is really kind of like what it is. And I think for a lot of visual people or like creative people, that's, that's not uncommon, you know, like I even think about sometimes I'll have people like send me nail designs that are like groovy retro patterns. And they're like, Oh my God, I instantly thought of you, you know, because it's like, because it's one of those things where like, once you've like branded yourself to kind of like be associated with certain visual things, Mm -hmm. you start to be associated with them. And I think that's such a good spot to be in again for like, the purposes of brands being confident about hiring you, but also like even people coming to your page and deciding if they're going to follow you or not. Like if they like your vibe, they're going to follow because everything is that vibe, you know? Yes. Yes. And isn't it the best feeling when someone associates you with like a certain, like the nails, doesn't that, isn't that just the ultimate compliment? You're like, wow. It is. I was on your yeah, mind. 100%. Thank you so that's so nice. Exactly. No, it's it's a super cool feeling. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So 
as a photographer, do you typically like shoot all of your own content or do you usually work with a photographer or? So I believe it or not, when I was in college and I kind of got started with this and I was like, okay, I'm going to make this like my job. I worked with a photographer probably every other week and I walked dogs to be able to pay her. I love that. I know it was um, like definitely the thick of it, you know, when you're hustling. Right. And then through that photographer, I met who it, the girl that is now my best friend and she's a photographer and we shoot each other's content. Perfect. It's wonderful. Literally perfect. Yep. We get together like (laughs) once a week and we'll just bring all of our work that we have to shoot and we just shoot each other for free. And then we hang out. Like it's, it's a great, (laughs) it's a great deal. I honestly love that. I I feel like I'm looking for that person for me in Charlotte. Uh-huh. So if anyone is listening in Charlotte and wants to be that person, <laughs> hit me up. Let me know. Accepting it's, applications it's now. <laughs> Literally, the the applications are open currently. Um, Andrew is so Andrew shoots all of my content now, and like he he truly does a great job. Like anything mm-hmm. that anyone has seen on my feed has probably been taken by Andrew. However. It's one of those things where like, I'm like, okay, stand here and just, you know, you click the button exactly where you are. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of working with a photographer who like almost takes a little bit of the control off of me and is like, hey, like, let's try this angle or what would happen if we did this, like experiment a little bit. Yeah. So it's a totally different like ball game. And I, and I feel like that's probably too why your content is so cool. And like, you have so many different angles and different vibes and all of this. Because you do work with someone who also has like that creative eye. I think that's so cool. Yes, it definitely elevates your content, you know, like making it so much better. Like two sets of eyes is sometimes way better than one. And oh, yeah. Even my friend's name is Jasmine. She'll be like, actually, go over here. I think you'll really like this. Like we kind of have learned each other's styles, and her style is very different from mine. Yeah. But we're able to capture for each other, and it's so nice. And we go That's on trips so cool. together all the time, like content right. trips. It's it's a great it's a great friendship. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I'm I am not even low key jealous. I am <laughs> high key jealous, or whatever the opposite is. <laughs> so, uh, what tips can you give creators to basically like get their photographers to kind of? understand like what kind of shots they're looking for even again Mm -hmm. like if that's a significant other or if it's just an actual photographer or whatever like when you guys first started working together or when you were working with that other photographer like how did you take what was in your mind and like make it happen with someone who like didn't know you front to back at that point I think that showing inspiration pictures or like coming up with a mood board is really good like when I'm a photographer, yeah. it's so much easier for me to understand what my client is wa- wanting if I can see it. Oh, yeah. That's really important, like a mood board, especially if you're just getting started out with someone. Also, I guess it depends on if they're editing your pictures for you or if True. they're giving you the unedited. You know, like you can, you should definitely look at their work if they're going to be editing your pictures and like know what. Good call. Yeah, know what you're getting. Also, like having plenty of options, like don't send five pictures of like one outfit and that's it. Like I'm going to need 30 pictures in that outfit at least like to find the winner. You know what I mean? And also like I need a lot of angles. You know, we're going to need a close up, like a detail shot. Like like, I try to do my post as like a as a storyline. I'm telling a story and my first slide's going to be like, the whole shebang like the best mac daddy picture that there is you know what i mean like this is the showstopper and then the second one's maybe going to be like a different angle like whether that is like far away wherever i am if i'm like showing off an an amazing building yeah the third picture is maybe going to be like a close-up if i'm like holding a cute little bag that i want to you know people to notice or something like a, a point of focus um So I'm going to want a lot of different variation as far as the pictures, like close, close up and far away and all the in between. Yes, I agree with that 100%. And it also is nice, too, because like, 
I typically in one shoot, like even with one outfit, one location, like I'll have a solid like 15, 20 photos that I really like mm-hmm. most of the time. And then I can take like a few posts them today, maybe in three months, post a few more when everyone like mm-hmm. forgot about the first round, yeah. but they're all different angles and, and again, different variations. So it, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of like reuse content so that you don't have to shoot you know, seven outfits every single week, because obviously yes. that's not sustainable by any means. No, I think that's a way, a way better to, it's way better to be efficient like that, like how you're describing. Yeah. Um, and you get Definitely. more bang for your buck if you're hiring a photographer. That's a very good point too. And actually, this is a question that just popped into my mind that I feel like I get asked all the time by my students. One of the biggest things that they struggle with, they're like, okay, like, I can go out and take a cute picture. Like, photos I feel like I'm good Mm -hmm. but what do I put as the caption Mm. (laughs) I do love coming up with captions I have a like a note in my notes app that I've had for like six years of any like funny line or joke that pops in my head I just write it in there and I'll like come back to them when I can't think of one and it's so nice like puns or uh you know like lines in pop culture that are funny right now you know like the current trend yeah I think just something like the best captions are ones that are like really clever that people can get and be like oh she's that was good you know yeah yeah, or something that they can relate to like oh I love that right now like it's corn like haha yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) and I feel like for for you as someone who like the the big value of a lot of your content is inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not, nec- I mean, in some posts you're educating people, yes, but I think the main draw for people following you is like, I'm going to go to her page and I know she's always going to give me a new, every piece of content is going to be inspiration, you know? So yeah. like, I think for you, like you don't need to have a super long, in-depth, crazy caption because mm-hmm. you're like, the photo is the value but like I don't think that's the case with everyone you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you can't just necessarily post like a selfie with like you know a pun or something and like have it work out the way that it would for you with like this beautiful well-produced you know kind of like editorial almost yes yes that it's the case for me but I understand not for everyone yeah yeah. Right. Definitely. Like it's. I think it's a case by case thing, and like it's one of those things where you probably will have to do like a lot of trial and error to figure out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is my content or my visuals themselves are they valuable enough that I don't need to have like a super crazy educational or entertaining caption or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's something you probably just have to do some trial and error on. Yeah, I think so too. And sometimes I will provide education, but. Honestly, I, I don't know. I've always seen myself as like someone who's like, I do not want to teach people. Please teach me, teach me how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And when, and that's just like, that's fine. Cause you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, how, like, why are you doing this? What's your mission? You know? And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, your mission is that you want to inspire people and, you know, make people feel creative. And, and again, like that's not, that doesn't have to be everyone's mission. You know, everyone's missions are so different from each other. So like it's, that goes back to the whole, like, you don't have to do what's working for other people. It might not Mm -hmm. necessarily work for you or be sustainable for you either, you know? Oh yeah. It, and if it's not your passion, I think that it's easy to get burnt out. Like if you don't really feel you know, as passionate as like someone like you at educating, yeah. uh, like as right. in you, Kristen, I think that like, it'd be like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Like, I don't have anything left to give. But exactly. I'm, sure that, I'm sure you feel like when you give in, when you educate people, it's like a snowball effect and you just get more and more ideas and more angles yes. on how to be helpful to the people. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about what you what you feel like you're an expert in, what you feel like you're passionate about. And that comes back to like figuring out your mission statement, figuring out your niche, like why are you here and what are you good at? Mm -hmm. And then of those things, like what do people like to see from you? And that whole process, I think, takes a lot of trial and error. Again, like 
you have to just kind of figure out where you fit in and what feels right for you. And that's definitely not something that happens overnight. No, no, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) So as a photographer, how do you feel about this big shift to video content? I have mixed feelings. Like it's, it's been so fun to dabble in the, in video. I love doing cool transitions. Like those are so inspiring to me and they're fun to make. Like I think it's so satisfying to watch. So I love to make them for other people to watch. Yes. So it's been a great way to incorporate a casual side of myself into Instagram. I think that people have been able to see my personality and humor a little bit more because I do love to laugh and my mom's always like, you're too serious in your pictures. People think probably think you're not nice. And I'm like, okay, well, no, I'm just being, I'm just being a model. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But it's been a way to, for people to see a different side of me. So I guess I appreciate that aspect. However, I don't love how Instagram has pushed it so much. And I feel like I'm pro- like, probably everyone gets on here and says this, but it's just it stinks that, you know, our pictures are get, taking a backseat to video. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I read something maybe a few weeks ago at this point, and it was talking about, it was Instagram had said this. I don't remember where they said it, but it was basically them saying, like, feed posts are for nurturing your current audience. Reels are the only thing that's going to help you grow. Like, they straight up were like, feed posts are not going to help you grow. Mm. Reels are going to help you grow. So. It, it's hard because you still like you can do photos and everything but if you're someone whose current goal right now is to just grow 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 because like maybe you just started your page or you know maybe you're just looking to get to the next level or whatever it is it's hard to be stuck in a box of like I can only do that with video content yes I completely agree it's like the following came for the real, but stayed for the pics. Like that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, that's so true. Have you actually been doing any of those? Do you see those uh, reels where they'll basically have like maybe a video at first and then it does a bunch of photos? Like, have you started incorporating photos mm-hmm. into reels? I love doing that. Do you feel like people? Yeah. Like, are people enjoying them? Are people like responding well to them? Yes, they love them. Um, and I love watching those too. Yeah, same. I think it's a, a way to really keep like who you are and your, you know, your curated look, um, but show the behind the scenes yeah. because I appreciate a behind the scenes or like a how this was made because that helps me know how to recreate it and make it my own. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a really great point. I've been thinking about doing more of those recently, but just haven't got oh you should it. you should I would love to see the process behind your page okay all right I'll work on it I'll work on it <laughs> also what are some of your favorite apps for editing video or photos so Lightroom is my go-to for all my feed photos yeah I love the Tezza app have you ever used the Tezza Same. app yeah, yeah, I think I've had it for like a few years now and there's been some major like improvements and changes to it in the last maybe a year or so for sure. Yes. I, I love doing that. Like if I am doing a carousel or something like that, or, um, any stories I typically edit yeah. with the Tesla app just because it gives me a chance to, I don't know, not stray away, but just try something new. And people, people seem to like it. Like right. when they're like, Oh, how did you make this? And I'm like, Oh, the Tesla app. <laughs> I love that. Um, Tessa probably loves that too. (laughs) Yeah. And I edit my videos on the Tessa app, like the filters. I use the Tessa filters. Yeah. And then for video editing, like as in like cutting and, you know, adding effects Mm -hmm. and stuff, I use InShot. Same. Really? Love InShot. Yeah. That's like InShot's been my go-to. The only reason I'll not use InShot is if I'm adding like automated captions, I go into CapCut. Okay. I do have CapCut, but I haven't, like, used it yet. But I do have it on my phone. Yeah. I think InShot is way easier for, like, putting a video together and all the, you know, transitions mm-hmm. and all of that. I feel like it's so user-friendly on InShot that I haven't even bothered to try and learn CapCut because I'm like, why? It really can't be any easier than it is here. But right. the captions, I'm like, why does InShot not have automated captions? Like, why is that not a feature yet? They definitely should. <laughs> they really we should. should. They're missing we should out. message them. They're, 
honestly, <laughs> they should listen to this because I'm going over to another app when I could be spending more time on theirs. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, I was going to ask you, so with Lightroom, obviously, again, with like your your theme that you have going on or like the aesthetic of your page, mm-hmm. you obviously have like specific filters that you've made or, you know, that you use in general. Mm-hmm. Are these like presets that you created and do you kind of like use the same few for all of your photos depending on like locations and things like that so actually I bought JC Marie Smith's preset pack are you familiar with her yes so I bought her preset pack like maybe five years ago or four years ago and I have used it ever since oh my gosh wait do you know which one it is so I I started by using I think it was creamy or I can't remember the names of them, but I now, let me find them. I now use her spring pack. Okay. I've used that one for probably the past two years and I think it's creamy warm. Oh, I'm looking right now. I have her fall winter ones. So I'm gonna have to look at the spring ones. (laughs) The spring ones are so good. And people do ask me like, please, when are you going to sell your presets? And I'm like, girl, they're not even mine to sell. (laughs) Um, oh my gosh I love that that's so funny yeah I use mostly it's called creamy warm that's my favorite but I I do kind of like have a like a a way that I alter it that I do pretty much every time but that's where I start is the creamy warm yeah I feel like I do the same thing with presets like I'll start with someone else's and then I make so many changes to it that it's like my own variation of Mm -hmm. that so I will save that as a new preset and so, yeah, I feel like that's maybe not uncommon to, like, yeah. just shift from from someone else's preset. But I love that you used hers. That's awesome. Because I was totally just going to ask you if yours were, yours were for sale. <laughs> that's so flattering. That was my next question. <laughs> At JC I love it. Yeah, right? She's going to be pumped. Cool. Well, this was super helpful. Do you have any, like, last tips for for anyone who's looking to create just like overall, more aesthetically pleasing, just like beautiful, high quality content. Yeah, I would say just bring what you love, like into your content. You know, if you love your dog, bring him into your content. If you love pink, show it off in your content, how you wear it or how you live in pink. Yes. Just share what makes you happy, because that's what will live on forever. If it's not like something you're passionate about, I don't I think people will notice. Yeah. And you'll be so overdoing it at a certain point and then feel like you have to keep doing it and then you'll be miserable. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It won't be fun anymore. We don't need that. No. Exactly. Yeah. It takes the fun out of it. Yeah. And this is like one. I mean, I can't imagine doing any other job like this is so much fun to me. And I if if I'm not passionate about it, like it's not going to be fun. And then I might as well just get a nine to five. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Exactly. That's That is the tea right there. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You guys, I have all of Olivia's information down below that you can click on. You can go give her a follow and see all of these beautiful photos and videos that I've been referring to this entire time. Thank you. Olivia, thank you so much for joining me. This was so much fun. Yay. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you. Yay. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Social Scoop brought to you by Your Social Mate, where we help entrepreneurial creators learn how to monetize and turn their online influence into a legitimate, profitable, and self-sustaining business. We hope you absolutely love this episode and come back every Tuesday for a new one. If you really enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review here and send us a DM to let us know your favorite part. We're an open book if you ever want to discuss episodes. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at KBOUSQ. We'll see you next week.